public, like I'm so tired all the time. Like, like I just don't do this anymore if it's not going anywhere. And he couldn't be like, oi, I'm going yeah. to, I've got it. He just kept being like, it'll happen when the time is right. And I'm like, I'm done with your time is right. It's been four and a half years. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today we are interviewing Erin Holland. Um, welcome to the podcast, Erin. Thank you so much for having me, guys. We are so excited to chat to you yes, today. We can't we wait to hear about your wedding. Um, we first might kick off um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, my name is Erin Holland, and for those who don't know me, I was born and raised in Cairns, funny sound of Queensland, and I am now a TV presenter with Channel 7 and a former Miss World Australia. So, yeah, come a long way from my roots up north. And when did you do Miss World? Because I vaguely remember, was that before Jacinta Campbell? No, so I, I was a little bit after her. I was in yep. 2015. And, yeah, it's it's been an amazing eight years since that point. And, it was, it was a crazy experience and like nothing I ever could have imagined, but it definitely was the springboard and the platform for me to end up in the career that I'm in. So I'm eternally grateful for doing a pageant all of those years ago and having the foresight to realise, you know, you can really do a lot with a platform like that in this country. And, you know, I did look up to the Jacinta Franklins and the Rachel Finches and the Jen Hawkins of the world and sort of seeing you know, they all have incredible careers, but they are very, very different careers. And, you know, you can have a platform that sort of, you know, gives you a leg up and a name in the industry, but what you do with it from there is really up to you and you can sort of form your own path from there. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting way to go about it as a, I'm actually a classically trained singer from the Sydney Conservatorium that wanted to do musical theatre and now I'm presenting Channel 7. So yeah, it's really funny how things work out and it, you know, it's uh, maybe not exactly what you what you plan, but it's yeah. I really enjoy what I do now, and it really satisfies that that little performer that lives inside me. <laughs> and how long have you been have you been presenting for cricket? Uh, about two seasons with Channel Seven. Now this summer will okay. be my third, and then I've been working overseas for about four years as well. Okay, and your your partner Ben is a cricketer. Well, your husband Ben is a cricketer. Yes. Yes, finally, husband. We got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Only twice postponed, wasn't it? Yeah, third time lucky for us. Third time lucky. So, and how how did you meet Ben? Did you meet him within this cricket scope or outside of it? Or how did you guys meet? No, so we've been together for about six and a half years now and we actually met on Instagram. Modern day romance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, it was ever on the apps because I think about, yeah, six and a half, seven years ago when I was single again after uh, my last long-term relationship, it kind of, I don't know, it's, you know, dating online sort of had a little bit more of a stigma to it. Now it's obviously very normal and a great way to meet people, but, you know, kind of wasn't so much the done thing, I reckon, seven years ago, in my brain anyway. <laughs> so I, yeah, I met, him, I met him on Instagram. He slid into my dms after i'd liked a photo of his but to sort of (laughs) explain that a bit more it was it was a cricket relating photo to um you know something that was happening in the media at that time so it was a a very non-advancey sort of like on the photo as to why i liked it first because he always likes to throw that in my face but he's like you made the first move i'm like no i didn't (laughs) no i didn't that was you (laughs) 
<laughs> and you have a bit of a, you were saying offline before, you've got a bit of a long distance relationship at the moment. How's that? How, how do you two navigate that, you know, after married life? Yeah, long distance relationships are not easy at the best of times and we've always done long distance. So I'm based out of Sydney. I've lived in Sydney for 14 years, ever since I left home um, when I was 17. And he's a cricketer that when he wasn't playing for Queensland cricket, obviously based in Brisbane, he was overseas. So we just kind of agreed very early on to keep living in separate cities because it was what our, our work dictated and the best way, I think, to sort of, you know, not not ask something so huge of someone to pick up their lives and move to someone else, somewhere else when you're not even really sure, you know, how how it's going to go, whether or not this is this is the long term relationship. And then, since that time, we've really managed to create a really strong long distance bond where, you know, the communication is really great. Each of us are still following our own paths, so there's no resentment there to the other person about someone having to sort of give up you know, what they were doing to move to another city. And the way that it works in cricket is, you know, he's had the same employer, Queensland Cricket, for 16 years. So me asking him to pick up and move to New South Wales and start again there would be as hard as me, you know, stopping what I was doing in Sydney and moving to somewhere like Brisbane, uh, which is a little quieter in terms of the entertainment industry and also having to start from scratch. So it's actually worked better for us to kind of live those independent work lives and then come together when we can. Uh, Corona's added another layer altogether on that with border closures. And uh, yeah, I actually absolutely. ended up on the wrong side of the border closure um, from about June last year. So we had five months separated um, because of the Queensland, New South Wales closure uh, before our wedding, oh. which wasn't much fun. Not um, much but at the moment, at I'm on the right side and I'm in Brisbane with him. So it's nice to actually yeah, not, not be locked away at the moment, but it's it's got its challenges for sure. But you know, I think with the right communication and uh, just really supporting each other through, you know, the insecurities that can come with that sort of relationship, we've managed to make it work and we're married and that won't change pretty much until he's retired and able to spend a bit more time in the country because, I mean, what, why move when he's not even here six months of the year? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, like, it's funny people like only build those foundations of communication I think sometimes later on in life and it takes a long time to build that so this long distance thing that you guys have been doing the the jobs that you're both in requires communication and trust and you know to be able to do that all before marriage and then be able to actually enjoy the process as much as you could have during the pandemic and then from there and you've still got amazingly successful careers is a huge testament so good on you lots of facetimes and yeah yeah, I just kind of think he's got 70 years to drive me crazy. I, I, I can wait a few. doesn't really yeah. bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And you know what? It's annoying when they don't put the dishes back the right way when they live in your house anyway. So, hey. <laughs> I have to be honest, I am I am not the domestic one. He does everything. He's the cleaner. He's the dishwasher. He's the clothes guy. I'm, I'm the terrible one. So, yeah, he probably likes it when I'm away more because I just come in and mess the house up. Brilliant. <laughs> and so you guys were together six years, did you say? Before, yep, about six before you guys got married. How um, living in different states, it would have been a little bit easier for him to have maybe 
um, planned the proposal, which I am making a um, assumption that he did propose. Did he propose to you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so how how did the proposal come about? Did you have any idea? Because when you you know when you are together with people for a long time, it's it's not as easy to have secrets, and you can read on their like sus little behaviors. And so, how did you go about the whole process? I think when you've been with someone for a long time and in your own head, you've decided they're the one, you get to a point where you're like, well, the surprise is gone and I'm done with being subtle. I'm just going to drop like bombs of hints at you. I think by the end, I was literally just like, I like this ring. He's like, cool. (laughs) Great. (laughs) And I also was the ambassador of a diamond company, Affinity Diamonds. So he had, he had nothing to worry about. All he had to do was ever contact them and go, this is what I've got. What is it she wants again? But, you know, we, we, I turned 30 the year that he proposed. And I don't know about you guys, but when I am talking to my friends who are of a similar age, something happens when you turn 30 as a female. Like I have proper little mini midlife crisis. It just kind of was like, wow, like, where is this going? What am I doing with my life? Inevitably, you know, your life never looks like you think it's going to at 30 when you think about it, you know, 15 years ago in your teens. And I kind of just had this thought of like, wow, I'm not even, I'm not even really sure if like, you know, if this is even going anywhere. And and I really like flipped out and apparently he was planning on uh, proposing and he had a ring and everything but then I ended up going overseas for a gig and totally ruining his proposal. And then he, by the time I got back from overseas, he'd gone overseas for three months. So it ended up happening in the very end of May rather than beginning of February. So I'm writing him in February being like, this is, I'm so over this. Like, where is this going? I'm so sick of traveling to you. And meanwhile, this poor guy's got a ring burning in his pocket going, <laughs> calm down, it's coming. And I'm like, I just, I'm sick of traveling. Like I'm so tired all the time. Like I just don't do this anymore if it's not going anywhere. And he couldn't be like, oi, I'm going to. He just kept being like, it'll happen when the time is right. And I'm like, I'm done with your time is right. It's been four and a half years. (laughs) So it was very nearly disaster for, for a couple of months there. But yeah, he ended up proposing at the end of May when he just come back from being in India for a few months for a cricket tournament and we just went to a little Airbnb on the Gold Coast. Um, because of our schedules, we've only ever been on two holidays before in our lives, two, yeah. two recreational holidays, um, both in Australia. So I kind of thought, you know, maybe, but then because of like the massive blue we'd had, you know, a couple of months earlier about just sort of where things were at, I, I you know, I didn't really give it too much thought and I kind of didn't really want to give it too much thought as to whether or not um, it would happen. So yeah. Yeah, it was yeah a bit of a um, bit a bit of a journey, but got there in the end, and he did a beautiful job. I'm absolutely obsessed with yeah my beautiful ring and the way that he chose to go about it. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah, it's meant to be. But you're right, like you said, it's you kind of do get to a stage in your life or a stage in your relationship, and it's you know very rarely it's in that first year. It's always in the five plus years where you're like, okay there is no better option coming. This is, you know, I don't know what you're waiting for. I'm like, (laughs) it's, it's just, you know, the times now and, and you're right. As we get older, things kind of change. And when I was 18, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like 28, I'll be married, kids, house. And you get to 28 and you're like, oh my God, I've got so far to go. And I'm, I'm 32 now and I literally feel like I'm about 22 in the head. Like I yeah. just, in terms of actually properly settling down and yeah. having kids, and not careening around the country or overseas for work. Like I've, 
yeah, I, I really, I really struggle with that, that time, timing sometimes, sometimes I think, okay, you're 32, you've really got to start thinking about having a family and, and, you know, biological clocks and all those things. But then I'm like, no, independent female, like I'm loving doing my own thing and working on my career and, yeah. you know, that can wait, it's fine. And, and you know, because Ben's absolutely desperate for kids. So yeah, it's a constant topic of contention in our household, but yeah, you've really, you've really got to do what's right, right for the both of you. And I just think that constant communication between you both is, is the best way to navigate that and yeah. come up with the right option for you both. Absolutely. And so you're engaged, came as a surprise, but not a super big surprise. We knew it was coming. What had you envisioned? Were you the type of girl that had planned what you wanted your wedding to be from when you were really young? Or had you had a vision in mind for your day? Or is this something that you got engaged? You're like, okay, now what? I definitely wasn't someone who, you know, grew up dreaming of like a perfect white wedding like I, I didn't even know if I would get married so I found it quite interesting sort of dealing with my own thoughts when I went from being that you know person who was like oh, it's neither here nor there to me it's not really important to me um, and then I found you know, the right person and all of a sudden I'm like oh I, I do want the big day and I really do want the perfect dress and and having never given that any thought before all of a sudden when it happened there was this overwhelming thing of like oh my gosh actually have to sift through this now and figure out what it is that I want so yeah I, I was never that girl that you know really planned things out to a T and and I'm really not an organized person so okay. <laughs> uh, it was all it was all like starting from scratch for me like I think I first thing I did after we got engaged was jump on Instagram and start sifting through the many many wedding pages and looking for inspo to see what kind of spoke to me because I really yeah had a clean slate to start from I, I never ever thought I would even get married, let alone knew what it would look like when I did. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and this is the thing, Lisa, but Instagram's an incredible tool to be able to uh, deep dive into what is actually out there. But because there are so many options out there, how did you, how did you, how did the planning process go if you're not super decisive? Like, did you have to employ um, a planner? Did you just wing it and go for yourself? Or did you utilise elements of Byron to really help you navigate that? No, I had all the help. And yeah. with my career, even down to, you know, the wonderful stylist I work with, makeup artists, I like to let the professionals do their job. And, you know, the, the thing that I wanted was, you know, something that perhaps wasn't, exactly the norm like you know I wanted something that was special and kind of um, you know specifically for us so I think the best way to get something unique is to kind of let the creatives do their job so you know I, I had a I had a wedding planner who was really wonderful I had um, a beautiful stylist and I kind of just had some inspo photos that I gave them and said like this is kind of what I like what are you thinking like go nuts basically and they really appreciated that creative control and I really appreciated not having to dictate every tiny little detail because I've, I struggle to really see the big picture of things mm -hmm. and and it's hard to, uh, when you're not a creative and that's not your domain I suppose to to get that perspective so I really just handed the reins over with a few inspirational photos that I found on Instagram and and let them come back to me with something incredible which they absolutely did and, and I did that with my stylist and jeton with my dresses as well I really said hey boys like we're thinking modern day Grace Kelly go nuts and they came back to me with just 
you know, the most stunning yes. creation. So, I mean, if you really don't like something, obviously you could always have that conversation, but I think to get something really unique and beautiful and maybe something that hasn't been seen before, when you give the reins over to the creatives that you've entrusted with your day, you are going to get something absolutely uh, spectacular. So that, that's the way I played it. I, I didn't specify, I want that particular flower or that bit of the arch or I want, you know, that over there. I, I really had, I really had no idea. So I kind of, yeah, threw the reins over to the pros and let them do their thing. And I was and so happy with the reins. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realise either is that your style of wedding and what's come out of it and how many times, like, just I know I get sent your arbor so backdrop because people are like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And it's like what people don't understand is that your – the, the inspiration that they're gathering has come from, like you said, the creatives having the luxury of being able to actually create. So, yeah, I think we need to say that a little louder for the people at the back sometimes. But, yeah, and, and yeah. I think a lot of a lot of the, the vendors that you work with will really appreciate that too, like to get to try something different and, and you'll probably love it because you haven't yeah. seen it before. And I think we all have this idea that our day is going to be so unique and so special and it obviously is. But to have something that you feel like you haven't seen before is pretty cool as well. And, and I think the best way to do that is to, you know, let the people that you've entrusted with your special day give you something really special rather than just a, a cookie cutter copy of the photo that you've sent. So that would be my number one uh, bit of advice if you're like me and you don't really know <laughs> exactly what you want is, um, you know, sending those, sending those photos and then just saying, all right, like, hit me. What have you got? Mm, that's actually exactly what I, I'm getting married in January. Well, hopefully if COVID, I don't have to postpone, but I've done that. I'm working with Kaya um, from Kaya Studios and I've, I've given her photos of what I've loved and then I've tried on gowns and sh- we've worked out what doesn't suit, what suits me. And I just said, do, do whatever you want. Like I'm, you know, what suits me, you're the expert. I think you, you, you know, you can let go of some of that control. Um, and I've, you know, I've done the same thing as you. Yeah. You know, you obviously having this incredible the blog and everything, you know, you you have been inundated with weddings forever. And for me, I was a bridal model before I, you know, entered into the Miss Australia and now what I do now. So I've been married about 400 times before in my life. <laughs> I've worn everything. I've yes. like, felt like, just give me something I haven't worn before and I haven't seen before. And I think the hardest thing for you would be the same, right? Yeah. You become desensitized. Yeah, you become really desensitized. Nothing excites you. Um, yeah, you've seen it all before. It's it's not you, and it's it doesn't mean much to you when you see it so much on other people. Um, and I could imagine the same with you. Yeah, trying on dresses consistently. It's you're probably like it's just the same shit. It doesn't excite me. You know, it's really hard to kind of. And and I think because. I'm very, very fortunate in that, you know, getting dressed up and getting glammed up is part of my job. So it's, it's, you know, whether it's a red carpet for the Logies or, or you know, or whatever the event is, I get the opportunity to wear really beautiful dresses, uh, you know, quite regularly. So it takes that magic out of the wedding, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. It's such an amazing day to dress mm-hmm. up and, and look incredible. And, and because I do get the opportunity to, you know, work with designers and wear things often, I, I really struggled initially to think of what it is that I actually wanted to wear and the best thing that I did was to give that over to Jaton and just let them create some magic because inevitably it ended up being something that I hadn't seen before and 
Uh, I, I still haven't unfollowed the wedding pages. I still like to see what's <laughs> in the world of weddings at the moment. And I still feel like they did create something that I've not really seen. No. And, and you did say it was inspired by kind of like a modern day, like Grace Kelly. Now, tell me about where Jaton sourced the lace. Oh, yeah. We're all about this Can lace. you just tell us the story behind this? Because <laughs> I read somewhere it's something like a 100-year-old Table lace from France or <laughs> just tell, tell us a story. Uh, so in one of the many fittings where I, I went down and just, you know, played around with the boys at, in Melbourne, we tried on some of the bits and pieces from the other dresses that they've done. And when I'd said, you know, modern day Grace Kelly, they're like, okay, we're thinking like layers of lace. I'm like, right. I'm all about the lace. And he's like, we have this tablecloth from France. I'm like, okay he's like it's from mill in france it's 200 years old and it's shut so you literally you cannot get it anymore they don't make it i'm like okay cool and he's like we're gonna make it out of a tablecloth i was like great why not? <laughs> like, <that's cool. laughs> and you know that was there something old as well which is yeah. uh, working that into the dress itself and they basically use parts of this 200 year old tablecloth lace and then they interworked it with, I think, about 10 different other laces as well because I, I also wanted it to be modern. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved that chic classic feel, but I did still want it to be sort of fashion forward and modern. So they blended that with a whole bunch of other modern fabrics as well. And it was so funny because they kept coming and being like, what about these ones? I'm like, oh, I love them. And then they come, oh, what about these ones? I'm like, yeah, I love those too. And they're like, no, pick something. I'm like, seriously, just just do it. Just do it, boys. Like, I trust you. It'll be great. And and I ended up blending all of those beautiful laces in together. And and on the dress, I have that cool keyhole neckline that goes all the way down to about my belly button. And it, it's yeah. got the little um, gaps, I suppose. And that's actually the ends of two different clay, tablecloths put together and fused oh my gosh. together. How that sculpted. Um, you know design has come from it's actually two bits of the tablecloth put together and then and then fused meeting in the middle yeah beautiful sculptured um, you know bodice of the dress and then they actually put some boning in in the top on the day they literally sewed me into the gown on the day because the boys came up to the wedding which was wonderful and they've actually stitched it up so that it would stay and and sit flush to my neck and not be uncomfortable which was awesome because high necklines you kind of think oh to get it to stay is that going to be a bit scratchy or yeah not comfortable for the whole day but it was it was perfect they spent about about 400 hours or something crazy on that dress it's insane and you had this big beautiful 2.5 meter train on your dress and our listeners are just gonna love your photos and I think it's because like we were talking before you see a lot of the same dresses so you do become desensitized a bit but your wedding dress you know there was a lot of traditional shape elements in that beautiful like um ball gown puff of a skirt that came out sort of at your waist but then the neckline and your sleeves because you had almost like a little cap sleeve just a bit longer than a cap sleeve as well which is a really modern take and you know if if I and I think that's just going back to your comments about putting trust in your designers I think if you said to you know any bride that was going into a wedding dress fitting oh you know what why don't we just do little like cut off cap sleeves they'd be like on a wedding dress no thank you but it just really shows how the designers can look at your your physique, your style, um, 
what you're after, the fabric and how the fabric sits on the body. You know, you're not going to be doing um, little cap sleeves with an all chill gown. So just utilizing all those elements to create something that like your other probably, brides will look at this dress for years to come and say, oh my goodness, like I never imagined it. Now I see it. Yes, please try this, take this. I want this. This is amazing. I'll send you the sketches as well because they, they sketched it. And when I put it on, it was just exactly the same. And, I, and you know, those beautiful sketches that they do and yes. you know, the, the proportions of the girl are just ridiculous and everything just looks amazing. But then to actually see it in person, it was everything and more than what the sketch suggested. And the little finer details like on that cap sleeve, to modernize it a little bit more, they added um, a couple of centimeters of, of chill of like roughly, okay. so not finished ended chill yep. around yes. that. They, they had a um, like a, a see-through boning essentially mm-hmm. in the corset around the bust as well, which just kind of gave it that cool, is it a little bit sort of lingerie, but obviously not because yeah. it's a wedding structure. And then I had a little EB on one of my shoulders and the opposite oh. weight. And then I had an I do on the other side in lace that they just stitched in last minute on the day. Aww. Just cute little, uh, you know, personalizations that made it really special. And um, I've, you know, I've, I've still got the dress, which is amazing. And, you know, they, they said, no, you've got, you've got to keep this and you've got to show your daughter one day. This is, oh my this is what mommy wore when she got married. And yeah, yeah just, the, just the detail, honestly. Every time I, I looked at it, I saw something else that I hadn't seen before and, I, I honestly, I, I don't understand how creatives like that work. I don't, I don't know how you dream up something like that and figure out how to make it fit on the body. And, you know, even with the, the, the way that it, it sort of came out from the hips as well, it was almost like a bell, a bell shape. In, yeah, in the skirt. it was. It was beautiful. It, I was like, oh, it's very Bridgerton. Like, is that, mm. is that going to work? And then when it was done, I was like, oh, you're right. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, there are special kind of people, I think, those types of creatives that can just pull something out of what 90% of us would think would be nothing. It's so impressive. They're unreal. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. They're just the most creative, wonderful humans. Jacob and Anthony, a lot of people don't know as well. Jaton is two boys, um, Jacob and Anthony, who who run the joint and they're just the most divine creatures and they really make you feel so special and, uh, you know, really included in the process the entire way apart from me who decided I didn't want to be included but yeah <laughs> if you want to be if you want to be hands-on they're very they're very open to that. <laughs> the offers there and so you didn't just have your dress that you had your ceremony in though did you so you had two three dresses were they all from Jeton over your two days sort of celebration so you had your beautiful the dress that we're just talking about now and then well, would it be a change after formalities, I've assumed, to maybe a second dress, your party dress? Yeah, after the speeches, yep. before the dance floor kind of started in the first dance, because that dress was so massive, mm-hmm. they had come up with this, oh, like Beyonce across J-Lo across, you know, Oscars, just incredible. Sexy number. Mm-hmm. Oh, after the Grace Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, I got it out. I got it out after that. Yes. It was backless and it, uh, it was just, just absolutely divine. And to look at it sculpturally, I still don't understand how it even like stayed up. Like it mm. was just incredible the way that they made it and obviously made it to my body. So it sat perfectly and it, and it didn't move the entire night, but it was all completely beaded. It had like a blush chill underneath the entirety of it. So it kind of gave that 
see-through effect without showing anything because obviously it was it was you know very covered and and the beading was all throughout the entire thing it weighed about oh 10 kilos of beads I reckon oh, oh wow. my gosh <laughs> was it hard to kind of move across the dance floor <laughs> yeah and it was so much easier obviously to do a first dance like Ben could actually get within two meters of me once <laughs> I took off <laughs> it was nice <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And it was just, again, I, I don't know. I think it's it's really, it's so different to your ceremony dress. Like it's such a, and like the fabric, the shift in the fabric and the shape. It's one like a cross neck, one shoulder, like just totally separate and defines the difference between, you know, this beautiful, romantic, elegant ceremony and this fun celebration towards the night. With your two dresses, how, I don't know, sometimes I look at, I look at photos and not knowing the backstory, I'm like, gosh, was it, is that how your wedding day ran as well? Was it this beautiful, soft, elegant, romantic ceremony and then this amazing uh, celebration for your reception? How did your wedding day, how did it all transpire? Yeah, so we decided we wanted to get married overlooking the beach we're very much beachy people um you know all of our big moments as well have happened by the beach so I really wanted something that overlooked the water without necessarily being on the sand because girl wanted to wear her heels and I did not want to be traipsing around (laughs) on the sand (laughs) in that dress so elements of Byron heart of the bay where we had the ceremony was about the only venue I could find that had that vantage viewpoint looking over the water without actually having to be down at sea level so that was stunning and you know we had um gorgeous Jess and Matt from X Factor were playing for the ceremony and those post-ceremony drinks so it was a yeah, beautiful ceremony overlooking the water drinks for about an hour after for the guests and then they could walk their way up to the Banksia Pavilion also at Elements which is where we had the reception and Originally, when the wedding was going to be in June last year, obviously a winter wedding, we'd made the call to move inside to the reception venue because, you know, the view is the most stunning part of the heart of the bay. But in winter, it gets dark at like, you know, five o'clock, 5.30. So there wasn't any point building the marquee and doing everything outside when you wouldn't have that view. Yeah. Whereas when we ended up actually having the wedding in February, it probably would have been nice to have done it outside because with daylight savings, you would have actually had daylight to about 7.38, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, but, you know, it, it ended up working out perfectly because the gods just, you know, gave us the perfect wedding ceremony and then the rains opened the second everyone sort of walked into the pavilion. So we oh, <laughs> made the right, right call yeah. to have it inside, have that wet weather <sighs> policy inside. But, yeah, be, you know, beautiful, relaxed ceremony overlooking the water, post drinks while we went and got our photos taken and then everyone went inside to the Banksia Pavilion for the uh, reception. So, yeah, just lots of drinks and food and speeches. And, yeah, like, you know, I think Ben really wanted a relaxed, fun day and I wanted it to be super glam. So it ended up being a nice, happy medium between the two. Okay, so Erin, please tell us what, what, it's so hard to pick one moment, but what do you remember? What was your favourite part of your wedding? Do you have a favourite? Oh, it's, I mean, that's so incredibly difficult, but I don't think you'll ever get over that first moment. You kind of walk out from wherever you've been hiding and make your entrance and you see all the people you love most in the world looking back at you, including your husband-to-be. And I just got overwhelmed by, you know, seeing what incredible creation Kashai had come up with as well. You know, the beautiful stage overlooking the water, the flowers, him, 
your friends and family. It's just, yeah, it's such a surreal moment. And I actually felt a real calmness. And, and I thought I'd cry for sure because I cried everything when it comes to any sort of <laughs> severe emotion. And, and there was a lot of crying in the lead up to the wedding with all the changes. But I just felt so yeah content and and serene in that moment and yeah I remember just thinking oh my gosh like it's it's finally here we're here it's done we're doing it yeah it was amazing it was it was really weird I I thought I'd bore my eyes out for sure and my makeup artist is like I'm ready if you do I've got this (laughs) I, I, I didn't eat it and yeah I think that kind of shocked me a little bit And do you know what? It's probably the relief after two postponements for you guys, after being separate before the wedding, living apart, that, you know, there's enough anxiety when you're planning a wedding, taking out, you know, long distance and take out a global pandemic. There's enough stuff going on when you plan a wedding. So it is almost a little bit of relief that you're like, you know what, we're finally here. Nothing can get in the way of this day now. And at the end of the day, you're marrying your humans. So that's, that's, the that's the best part of it all and can I tell you we had drums right up to the last second because the day of my wedding February 13 Melbourne went into lockdown again and I had so many people from Melbourne I had my videographer from Melbourne tomboys are from Melbourne some of my friends are from Melbourne and there was this point from about five o'clock in the afternoon on the Friday straight after our rehearsal where the head of security comes up to Ben and I, he's like, I've got some bad news. And I went, oh my God, what? Uh, and they had thought for a second that New South Wales was going to impose the lockdown for anyone from Victoria point blank. Yeah, but yeah. at 10 o'clock that night, he messaged again and said, no, the government's decided only if you've been in the affected areas, which are now hotspots, should people not be able to come. So luckily everyone was able to come because I'm there going, oh my God, I'm going to have to uninvite like 30 guests. I'm going to have to kick the top boys out of like the place where we're staying because they were staying with me. I'm going to have to find another videographer. How do I find a videographer at five o'clock on a Friday in Byron? Like, oh, I just, I I had my meltdown then. So when it came to the actual day, knowing that it was happening to the best of its ability at the current time of the global pandemic. And and I have to say, like my heart just bleeds for brides at the moment because Somehow, luckily, we did manage to get everything in with the only restriction being one per two square metres. And and now looking at where the world is at and where Australia is at at the moment, I can't believe we managed to get it in yeah. as well as we did. Like, I, yeah. I just, yeah, it yeah. just, my heart, my heart just breaks because, as you said, it is such a, you know, an anxiety-ridden, you know, stressful time planning a wedding, even not during a global pandemic yeah. where... <laughs> Ben and Ben and I had family who couldn't come from overseas and probably about 30 guests that Corona ruled out in terms of border closures. But but to get it off as well as we did, I'm just so grateful because after three after three times, I think I was close to going, do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to elope. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think, do you know what? I think most people are at, you know, have gone through that stage in the last 18 months. Some people are still there. You know, I've had a few people cancel their wedding that have got you know most of them are coming from overseas we've had two cancellations just this week in Vic we've had a few postponements last week so it's 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 a hard thing but I think also being able to listen to your story and you you've been through it you've postponed twice third time lucky you got there you know good news stories are 
I think more important to shout louder to outweigh the bad news ones. So it's been such a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much, Erin. It's so nice to hear that you finally got there. And I swear that dress, like, holy moly. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. So you've probably said a thousand things, but one word of advice for couples that are planning (laughs) this this absolute dumpster fire at the moment, but one, you know, one word of advice that you've got for, for anyone that's in this journey right now. Such a stressful time at the moment and there's so many unknowns when it comes to planning. The, the number one thing I'd say is please just, you know, try not to fight with your partner. Try not to let it get the best of you. It's, it's really difficult when things are changing all the time and I know a lot of the onus always tends to fall on the bride to sort of pull everything together so it might feel like they're not really comprehending just how hard it is to get this happening and underway but yeah tr- try not to fight and try to remember the reason why you're getting married in the first place which is all about the other person because I promise you no matter what the day looks like it's going to be brilliant and it's going to be perfect and you know it's it's all about the other person at the end of the day and if you can try and keep that perspective and and again the cliche of do what's right for you try not to let the outside noise of what everyone else wants get in the way of of you and your special day i think that's the most important advice i can i can give you is yeah just just sort of try and try and keep a level head and and remember the reason why you're doing it in the first place which is you know that beautiful person that you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with Erin, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the You and Me podcast. I know that our listeners are going to really enjoy and get a lot out of this episode. I think we've, you know, touched on some really important things that are still going on in the wedding industry, but also, you know, how to keep an open mind and and you're getting married for the right reasons and, you know, who you're doing it for. So thank you. Enjoy sunny Brisbane. Um, send some of that sunshine and freedom down to us in Vico if you can. <laughs> And um, yeah, and and we'll um, yeah we'll be able to um, you know have an amazing um, amazing episode release when we get to season four. So thank you for joining us. Thank you thank so, you so much. much. Lots of sunshine and good vibes down your way. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the you and me podcast leaving reviews rating the episodes sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you so don't be shy you can also follow our ordinary lives with andy over at the bridal journey and laura at wonderlust creative thanks for joining